text that I received concerning my mother and uh, her recent passing. So thank you so much uh, for that. And we love everyone here. We love you and we appreciate your, your prayers.
It's a great tradition that we've started here at West Irwin uh, for our family to celebrate uh, new births within our own members. And so we haven't been able to do that for the last uh, two years because of uh, COVID in 2020. And so today we're celebrating those new births in uh, over the last uh, couple of years, actually. And so the way we're going to do this is I'm going to announce uh, the names and we have a present, a gift bag uh, for uh, each of the families. And as I call the name, if you wouldn't mind just having the baby and the siblings and the mom and dad, uh, come on up and stand up here at the front and then we'll have a short blessing uh, and a short prayer. And then after that, uh, we'll continue on uh, with our service. Uh, what a great blessing it is to have a church family, not only that sees new birth being born into our families, but also uh, being willing to give the time to celebrate those new births and to uh, commission each other uh, to be a part of raising them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I know some of these families will not be able to be here today, but I'm going to announce all of the ones uh, that are in our uh, bulletin, and, um, and so we'll get started with that. Johnny and Melanie Martinez and their family are celebrating two births over the last uh, couple of years, Brooklyn Isabella and Riley Evelyn. We have the Martinez's here today, not quite, uh, not here today, okay. Uh, Kelly and Heather Monahan are celebrating Knox River Monahan. Jonathan and Christina Ramirez are celebrating Adam, David, Nathan. Is that right? I thought I saw y'all. Come on up. Tabitha Condor is celebrating the birth of Sloan Calloway. Yes, please stay up here. <laughs> She's got her little baby with her. Mike and Leah Canfield are celebrating Anna Eliza. Are they here today? Um, Ed, Eamon and Wendy McCauley are celebrating Parker Kinden. Okay. 
And Carter and Grace Grooms are celebrating Anne Marie, and I'm not sure that they are here today. I was expecting them to not be here today. Is that correct? Okay. Um, what a, again, it's a great, great blessing to be a part of their lives. Um, I can tell you that in your bulletin, from what I understand, <clears throat> um, the picture for Adam Ramirez and Parker McCauley are switched. So, sorry about that. Uh, we're not really sure exactly how Adam and Parker pulled that off and switched places on every bulletin that we have. Uh, but I can tell you that I believe that there is a little bit of mischief in the future for a few of these. And, uh, and so again, very, very sincere apologies um, for that and uh, to Adam and Parker and their families. I can tell you that this is a great, great group. And these are wonderful families. And I want you all to know that these are not just your children. They're our children. We believe very strongly that they are a part of our lives and that we are a part of their training and their future and yours, uh, your future as well. You know, Deuteronomy 6 tells the community of Israel that the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. And then it tells them well, you are to teach and impress these commandments upon your children and your grandchildren. And he doesn't just say that to the parents, but he says that to the community, to everyone. And so with that in mind, let's bow for just a moment. And if it's convenient for you, let me ask you all to stand as I lead this prayer of blessing for these families. Father, you are the creator of life. You spoke the world into being. And now you have spoken these wonderful children into being in a natural way, but no less marvelous, no less miraculous. So, Father, we pray for each one, for each child, for each parent, for each sibling, for their extended family, and for us as their church family. Father, this is, this is not just their parents' church. This is their church. And as they grow and learn about you and about your church and about this church, it is such an exciting time for all of us. So, Father, we pray your greatest hand of blessing upon them. We pray that you would always be present in their lives and that they would always be able to feel your presence close to them. And we pray, Father, that whatever their future holds, that you would help them to feel our presence with them as well. Father, when these babies are about 20 years old, it'll be the year 2040. And we have no idea what this world is going to look like then. But we do know, Father, that if you haven't sent your Son, that your Holy Spirit will be present with us and that he will be with them. And so, Father, bless these children. Bless these parents. Bless the others, Father, and their family and all of us as we seek, Father, to impress your word upon them and to help it to be a part of their lives for as long as they live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You can see.
sure that God exists? And where do dinosaurs fit in the Bible? And what about creation versus evolution? Maybe those are some of the questions that you've had as you have looked at the ideas of science and the Bible and the idea of God. Join us at the West Irwin Church of Christ on October the 23rd and the 24th for a discussion of some of the most important questions in the world. I'm Kyle Butt, and I work with a company called Apologetics Press, and we've been discussing and writing about these topics for over 40 years. I hope that you'll be with us that weekend. The audio worked a lot better this week, didn't it? Welcome, y'all, to church services this morning and everyone that's online. We have a few uh, updates I want to give to the church before we have opening prayer. Move that a little further away from me. So, um, as Rusty said this morning, his mother passed away this past week in Beaumont, and we just need to keep Rusty and the rest of his family in our prayers during this time. And also Pam Fennell, her uh, father passed away this past week and the services were yesterday, the day before, and we need to keep her and the rest of her family in our prayers. As, as also uh, announced for the Fennell family that they are moving to San Antonio in about two weeks. They've been a vital part of our church congregation for many, many years, I more than I can even remember. We're gonna miss them, but we, we wish you Godspeed on y'all's trip to San Antonio and your life down there. And San Antonio is a nice place to live, I know. So, uh, two weeks ago, Bill Paschal, during his communion service, talked about the brevity of life. Last week, Grant Knight did the same thing. Two weeks ago, Brian Brown was sitting at the pew right down there. I saw him after church at Jalapeno Tree eating with all of his friends from church. And I was shocked last Sunday afternoon when I got a phone call from Chris Reynolds that said he had passed due to COVID. This life is short and we never know when our day will be. So let's keep that in mind this week as we move forward that we live our lives the way we're supposed to, the way God would have us live, the way that Brian lived his life. He was a gentle giant, but you could tell the spirit of God lived in him. And while we mourn the loss of him, heaven rejoices. We will miss him greatly. On a lighter note, we uh, are excited about all the babies this morning that we've had. And I counted up eight other couples that are expecting. And so this coming week on Wednesday, I wore my baby blue shirt today. Because Will and Taylor are expecting a boy, and that's exciting. And so we have, besides them, at least three others that will have babies pretty soon. 
And so kids and babies are the sign of a growing church and a, and a live church, and that's what we want. We want a church that is alive and spreading the gospel and raising kids in the admonition of the Lord. So that's exciting. Coming up, uh, I have to look at this because I can't remember this. Next Sunday evening, uh, October 3rd at 5 p.m., we are going to meet across the Family Life Center with our brethren from the Hispanic Church, which is a mission field church for this church. One of our mission efforts is the Hispanic Church here in Tyler. And we just want to meet with them, encourage them. We have not seen them in, in a long time. I don't even remember when the last time we had a fellowship together with them. So it's going to be a, a nice time to get with them, see faces we hadn't seen in a while. A lot of that's due to COVID that we have not been able to mingle together with each other. So we're excited about that this next Sunday evening, and we pray that you will uh, join us in that. So like Bill said, they're going to bring the tamales, so that's, all, that's always good. So we're excited about that. And then the seminar, Defending the Truth, is coming up, and I just want to say a few things about that in that. These kids growing up are growing up a little different than some of the grandparents did in this world, that the Bible's not taught in school anymore. Hadn't been taught in school all of my life as well. And so a guy from England, Charles Darwin, wrote a little book that influenced the world in a bad way. And that was 140 years ago. The problem with mankind is they always want a simple answer to everything. And so the simple answer is evolution created everything. End of story, let's go do what we want to. We don't have to look at the Bible. We don't have to listen to God's word. The problem is this universe is not simple. The explanation for it's not simple. The explanation is beyond our ability to comprehend because God created this. And we're going to have this seminar coming up October 23rd and 24th, and we want everyone to participate in that that can. And we want anyone with high schoolers especially to bring them and their friends to listen to this because it is the truth. It's not mankind's way to get their will and do whatever they want to. It's the way it was really created. And it gives us purpose in our life because we know that we are created in the image of God, all of us, no matter where we come from or who we are. So that's coming up, and that's going to be exciting, and we're looking forward to that. Would you pray with me as we begin services this morning? Dear God, we thank you so much this morning for the gift of life, for the change of seasons. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for your creation. We acknowledge you as the creator and sustainer of everything. We are but mortals, but you are immortal. We are powerless, but you are all-powerful. We acknowledge you in front of all of the rest of the world that our faith and our hope is in you because we know who you are. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for all the parents of these new children that they will raise their children to know who you are, to know the gift that you have given us, to know the truth of this world, not the so-called truth that mankind likes to project, 
with the real truth. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for all the couples who are pregnant at this time. May they have safe pregnancies and safe deliveries, and we look forward to more smiling, shining faces in our auditorium going forward. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, especially for those who have lost loved ones. We pray for Rusty Lay and his family of the loss of his mother, and we pray for Pam Finlay and the loss of her father. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, also for Brian Brown's family, Tia and others that we know, and all of the rest of his immediate family. Dear Heavenly Father, it's such a tragic loss, so unexpected for all of us. We will definitely miss him, dear God. We will miss his smiling face. We are selfish because we wish he was here. We are selfish because we would love to hear one of his wonderful prayers from the heart. A prayer that could only be delivered by him. Because he was living in with he was living in your word and you were living in him, and that was self-evident. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, for unity in our church. We pray that we will understand the difference between you and Satan because there are but two choices in this life. To live for you or to live for Satan and be lost forever. There are no other choices. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you will help us to see the evil one and his workings in our world outside this building as well as attempts as well in our church. Pray, dear Heavenly Father, that our eyes will be open and we will see the pathetic people and pitiful politicians who are trying to divide us as a people for their own political gain. It is truly pitiful and is Satan's work. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that we will seek to walk in the light and do your word and follow your word and do your will every day of our life. We look forward to a home with you in heaven one day, dear Heavenly Father, but until then, may we always seek to do your will and spread the gospel as best we can throughout Tyler and the rest of the world. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that everything we do this morning is in accordance to your will. We fail you and we fail you often, dear Heavenly Father, and for that we're truly sorrowful. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
So if you're a little ADD like me, and plus I work nights sometimes, sometimes I work days, it gets me a little syncopated. So unless you're not directly affected by something, you don't pay real close attention to it, like, you know, baby blessing is this week or whatever. Well, I don't have any babies. Don't even have any grandbabies yet, but... And so, anyway, I received a text. Sorry, Bill, but you knew it was coming. Bill texted me and he said, Hey, Reverend Stamp, so on 126, we're having our baby blessing day. And I was wondering if you could lead communion and contribution time, you know, since you like kids and all. <laughs> 126. And I was like, Well, he's kind of getting a jump on it this time. All right. I said, yeah. I said, that, that's great. You know, I, and I do like kids. I act like a kid. So, anyway, uh, and if you don't like kids, then we're probably not real good friends. So, and I think God liked kids as well. And I'm going to reference the scripture to that. So, let me pull this up. Matthew 18. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So as we partake of this blessing and this uh, sacrifice and what it means to us, let's try to have the heart of a child because Jesus tells us to right here. So if you would, pray with me. Lord, you've given us a beautiful week and a beautiful day to celebrate, and you've given us some beautiful new babies in this church. And you sent your son, and he was born, and he was a child, and he was a baby. And ultimately, he gave his life up for us. And we understand at this time that we partake in these things that re represent that so that our mind goes back to this and understands these things. So if you would... Bless the bread as we partake of it, understanding that it was the body that he gave up for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Pray with me again. Dear Lord, blood is life and life is blood and the Lamb's blood cleanses our sin. Your plan is great. It wasn't devised by men, it's too perfect. Every time you dig deeper into 
the words that you've written us, we see another angle, another perfection, another thing that we wouldn't have done. We can only say thank you and do those things that you've asked us to do. So as we partake of the cup, we want to remember that blood, and it had to be done. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes the Lord's Supper. Uh, at this convenient time, we will give thanks for our blessings. And uh, <clears throat> ask that you open up your heart and understand what's been given to you. If you would, pray with me once again. Lord, I've already addressed the weather that you've given us. We also understand that you bless us in other ways, monetarily, spiritually, with friendships. And we look around sometimes and we let our, catch ourselves reading the news and what's fed to us. And the devil and his work, you know, trying to bring us down. But we also understand that life is good. Sometimes you have to suffer through trials. But you might as well just smile through them. We still haven't been able to suffer like early church. Sometimes it, our modern day blessed America, this great nation, you know, we think just because this or that, that, you know, we're suffering like they did. I still don't see it that way. So at this time, you've blessed us, Lord. We want to remember those blessings and give back, trying to further this kingdom that you've created in its perfection. It's in your son's name. Amen. And you can see in there, there's a couple of websites to give on and at the back as well. So thank you.
I know our hearts go out to all of those who have lost loved ones. Certainly, our brother Brian Brown is, leaves a big hole, as has been said, in a lot of hearts and in uh, a particular pew or two and with a group of very special friends that were especially close. And uh, I appreciate, Rusty, you leading our songs today and next week, brother. I ask Rusty... Would that be okay? Are you wanting me to find someone else after just losing your mom? And he said, no, my mother loved it when I led singing. And so I know that that's a tribute to her. I get that because just a couple of weeks ago, it was 47 years since my mother passed away when I was 17. And I've had many people who know me back then and knew her say just how proud she is and would be to be able to see me lead in worship, just like your mother is proud of you today. I get that. I get that. And that's what we want. That's what we want for our children and for our grandchildren. We want that for them. We want their loved ones to see them active, serving, leading, in the Lord's church. I love the way John, the apostle whom Jesus loved, puts it in Third John, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And that is absolutely true. And that's why we're having this wonderful seminar next month, October 23rd and 24th, defending the truth. I hope that you will pick up some of the brochures. We have a thousand printed, we have a thousand more coming. We have several hundred of the publications, House to House and Heart to Heart, that are available for you to share and give away. uh, That also has information about our church and about this seminar coming up. Uh, We have Facebook ads and Instagram ads, social media ads starting up in the next week or so. Uh, We're even going to have a few billboards in town, electronic billboards, that will have some information about this wonderful event. Um, We've done a lot of work. We've sent out letters and brochures to area churches, and we are excited uh, about this because there is no more timely message than this one uh, for our culture, for our members, and for our families. And so I hope that you will be here and be a part of that. Uh, We have several other things that are going on, as was mentioned, the uh, dinner this coming Sunday night with uh, our hermanos y hermanas at the Iglesia de Cristo We're looking forward to seeing them again and to spending some time in table fellowship with them. Uh, We have uh, some sign-up sheets out in the foyer, including a sign-up sheet for small groups. Many of you are in a small group, many of you are not. And if you're not and would like to be, then I hope that you'll sign that list and we will put those groups together uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. Uh, We have Caring Kitchen tomorrow that West Irwin is putting on at 5 p.m. You can be up here and help get that set up and uh, serve at 6 and be gone at 7. That's a great, great blessing for our community and our uh, neighborhood that our church does. We hope that you will be spreading the word about all these things and participating um, as well. Uh, it is, um, it's always a blessing to be reminded of how much our church family does in service of others. Probably a little bit more joyful for me personally than to be reminded in public of when I get 
a date wrong. <clears throat> but see, Sean Stamps and I have such a great relationship that he can get away with that. Not all of you can, uh, but Stamps can. And it's not even my most embarrassing moment. Not even in the top ten. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's plenty more of those. Um, and every once in a while, the Lord does things to remind you of your humility. And I like that. I think he smiles at that. We want all of our babies to be led by their maker. As I thought about this day and our blessing of our newborn babies and our desire to help and to serve these families, I thought there's, there's a chapter that kept coming to my mind out of the Bible, Psalm 139. Because it's a chapter that speaks about the glory of God and the power of God and the blessing of God, the creative ability of God and the presence of God. So as we begin today, we want all our babies to be led by their maker. That's what we want more than anything. And this psalm, Psalm 139, reminds us of that. And it calls us to do that. And so I want to share this psalm and we'll read through it as we go. And look at parts of what this message is. In this wonderful psalm, the 139th psalm, Um, if you have ever read uh, those great words, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, Lots of great songs about that. That scripture is in Psalm 139. So a few things about this psalm and about the God who leads us. First of all, let's look at the psalm's setting. The psalm setting, and we don't read about that at the very beginning, but we read about it a little bit later in the chapter. The psalm setting is found in Psalm 139, beginning at verse 19. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. We work through a lot of the psalm until we come to what's going on in the psalmist's life. And and that's what this passage says. This psalmist was having a very, very hard and difficult time. There were people that were enemies of the Lord that were enemies of this psalmist and were making his life miserable. And he spoke out very honestly about what was around him. And there's a word that we'll attach with each of these sections. And the word for the psalm setting is this, evil. Evil. Just as there is evil in our world today, there was evil in the world of the psalmist. And he did not hide from it. He did not deny it. He did not try to explain it. He simply acknowledged it. And he prayed about it. The psalm setting, I believe, is an acknowledgement that there is evil in this world. There was evil in the world of this psalmist. With each of these, you'll see several passages on your outlines that, that also affirm this same topic in each point. And I can't help but think of that great verse in John 16, 33, 
when Jesus says clearly, in the world you will have trouble. You will have trouble in the world. But then he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. There's no denying that there is evil in this world, and there's no denying that sometimes that evil brings us trouble in this world. And that's the setting, I believe, for this psalm, where the psalmist reassures himself and us about the powerful presence of Jehovah God. Secondly, today, this psalm speaks of the God who knows us the God who knows us. And whereas this may make some people a little nervous and frightened, for the psalmist, it was great assurance. And it's great assurance for us as well. Psalm 139, the first six verses. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. The psalmist speaks of the God who knows us. And the technical term for that is omniscience. Omniscience. All knowledge. All knowledge belongs to God. Not just all knowledge about the world in general, all knowledge about you. (laughs) Anybody else a little nervous about that? When the psalmist says, before I even speak a word, you know what's about to come out of my mouth. Whoops, uh uh-oh. And yet he does. But you see, for the psalmist, that was a good thing. It didn't mean that every word he spoke was good. We may have some indication of that in this very psalm. But we do know that his trust was fully in the Lord who knows him. You have searched me, Lord. You know me. You are clearer about me, inside and out. In Genesis 3, when God confronted Adam and Eve about their sin, he knew everything that had happened and everything that was going on. And yet he took the time to help them confront their sin by asking questions. Revelation 2 through 3, as Jesus writes those letters to the seven churches of Asia, in every single one of them, he says, I know, I know, I know you, I know your strengths, I know your failings, I know everything about you. And I care about you. The God who knows us is omniscient. He knows everything about us. And in the midst of all of that, he gave his son for us. Third, today, this psalm speaks of the God who is with us. The God who is with us. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. 
the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Our Lord is the God who is with us. And this word is omnipresence. We speak of the omnipresence of God, that he is everywhere, that there's not a place in this world where God is not. And again, for the psalmist, that was good news. He asked, where can I run and hide from you, Lord? (laughs) Where can I run from your spirit and you not be able to find me? You not be able to see me? And the answer is nowhere. Everywhere I go, you are there. Whether it's light or dark, you see clearly whether I'm doing good or not. You are there. This is the God who is with us, the God who is omnipresent. We just sang a song that's taken directly from the 125th Psalm, Psalm 125. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Never leaving them, always with them. Jesus, as he gave us the great commission in Matthew 28, ended it with this, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Paul sees this in that great ending in Romans chapter 8 when he says, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we want to be with him, if we want to be there by him, he will be with us. We get that. The God who is with us. Next is the God who made us. The God who made us. Psalm 139, beginning in verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, verse 14. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. This is praise to the God who made us, who is omnipotent. And the psalmist here praises God for his omnipotence. He is all powerful, just like he is all knowing. He is all present. He is all powerful. And this chapter affirms what we've already read in the Old Testament. In Genesis, the very first words, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we read about that great story in Genesis 1 and 2. We hear it affirmed in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was active in creation. And then the Word became flesh, human, and lived for a while among us. And that word, that Jesus Christ, that Son of God is very much creator. And Paul affirms that in Colossians 1 and 2. 
As we look at our society and our culture today, we see the sanctity of life disregarded, disrespected, as if it's no big deal. And perhaps, Wade, you're right, perhaps we owe it all to Mr. Darwin years and years ago. But there's a, there's a culture that says this world is about me. And I'm the center of the universe. And really what I need to consider is what is best for me. And everything in creation tells us that there is a creator. There is a designer. There is a Lord. And that's what our seminar is going to be all about. And that's what Wade shared. And that's what Sean shared. And that's what scripture shares. And that starts at conception. And scripture, I believe, is is clear about that. And as we consider the disregard for human life starting at conception in our culture today, in many places, not all, In fact, the majority of Americans don't go along with abortion on demand at all stages of pregnancy. Far from it, in fact, although you may not think that by what you hear on TV or see online. But scripture is is clear about that. And as we consider the plight of, of incredible, brave young women who now face a, a horrible choice to have a baby that they did not expect or to disregard the sanctity of life and have it killed in the womb. Our hearts go out to them and we pray for them and we want to be there for them. Wonderful ministries like Christian homes and family, family services helps. Other places here in town help. Our church is here to help. As we look at these scriptures that are on your list, we see very clearly that that life begins in the womb. We see people like Isaiah and Jeremiah who affirm, God, you called me from my mother's womb to preach your message. But it's no clearer than in Luke chapter 1, when the mother of Jesus, Mary, visits her relative, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And in that wonderful interaction in Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth says, "Why? how can I be so honored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And I'm sure the look on Mary's face was like, "What? wait, what? How do you know this? What are you talking about? And she said, when the sound of your voice reached me, the baby in my womb jumped for joy, knowing that the one who would be the Savior, the one who would be the Lord of all, had come into his presence. You can't tell me that John wasn't very much alive when he did that. You can't tell me that Jesus wasn't very much alive when Mary walked in that door. Children are a blessing, and I'm so glad our church acknowledges that and and is active in supporting that. And those words are right that Sean shared. We should live and pray, and worship, and serve with the heart of a child. Finally today, the God who leads us. 
Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Are you brave enough to do that? Let me ask it a different way. Are you humble enough to do that? You see, everything we've talked about before is about God. Now it's about us. Now it's about the psalmist. And it's not one of those omni words anymore, but rather the word is humility. Humility. When we approach our great God, we approach him with humility. And when we do that, acknowledging our humanness, acknowledging our sinfulness, we can pray this prayer. We can say these words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Because we've already affirmed that God already knows that. He knows us inside and out. He's known that since we were in our mother's womb, being knit together there. He's known everything about us and knows everything about us. And so the psalmist very gladly, very joyfully very humbly says, search me, O God. Look through every cell of my being. Look through every thought in my brain, every feeling in my heart. Know me, O creator, O God. And work on me. Whatever is in there that shouldn't be in there, help me to get rid of it. Whatever is not there that needs to be there, help me to put it there. Lead me in the way everlasting. This is the God who leads us and he does that through his wonderful, marvelous word. He's given us his Holy Spirit to give us comfort and strength and he's given us his word to show us his will. The God who leads us, is the God who made us, he is the God who is with us, and he is the God who knows us. And so as we close today, we close with this great quote from another great psalm, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. And so did this psalmist, and so do we. This morning, if we can help you declare the glory of God through your life, we're here to help each other come as we stand, sing our song together.
pray with me? Lord God, you are so, so good, and we know that, and we trust that, Lord. I pray that you would convict us of our sins and and help us to turn to you, Lord, knowing that you're creator, knowing that you know everything there is to know about us, and we know that that's good, as the scriptures say, because you love us, Lord, and you know what's best for us, and so help us to trust that. Help us to lean into you and and not rely on our own strength, but to know that you're going to lead us down the right path. Lord, I pray that you would use us as your vessel, open us up, and and mold us and make us to do your will, to spread your kingdom here all across the earth. Lord, we love you. We pray that you'll be with us through the rest of this week and help us to just be your vessel everywhere that we go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.